Hello there, and welcome to the first ever episode of the current podcast. To set the mood a little bit, I am surrounded by candles. I have my herbal tea with, I believe, thyme. And I have my incense, and it's a very beautiful ambiance. So I invite you to grab a drink of your choice. And let's get right into it. As you may know, this is a safe space of me choosing the topic and I where I talk about whatever I want, whenever I want. And today I just felt like chatting. <laughs> today I actually had some things planned, but they didn't exactly go according to the plan. <laughs> Yesterday I went to my very first women's circle, actually. And um, if some of you don't know what that is, it's basically a sort of meditation slash yoga ceremony where, um, well, only women are invited to. And you you share your feelings, you um, discuss what has been bothering you recently, what would you like to bring to this circle. You share stories, you share emotions, you drink cacao, and it's just a very wholesome vibe. During the meditation, I, well, it was kind of a collective feeling that women are amazing. <laughs> and it, it's just something that is, I think, is needed in our society. Just taking it the time to stop and appreciate the moment and really embrace your your achievements so far you know be happy for yourself be you're valid your feelings are valid your accomplishments are valid and to just stop putting yourself down so much the negative thoughts in your head can sometimes really be your worst enemy and it's so hard to switch them off and knowing that you're not the only one with these thoughts <laughs> can be really can be really crucial in the young mind's development i don't know about you but i personally grew up with a lot of stigma which didn't necessarily come from my parents surprisingly it's sort of something that I picked up along the way. Could be from friends, could be from distance family, um, could be just from the people that surrounded me, could be someone at school. I don't know, it was kind of just an overall picture. That picture concluded that while a woman is quite independent in the 21st century there are still some restrictions that she has to apparently abide by <laughs> um be that um that she's not entirely in charge of her body yes we are in 2023 and that is still happening or that there are still some quite stern societal expectations that yeah sure you can have a career but you have to settle down eventually and have kids have a husband all of that and well it's it's still an amazing um option for those that did choose it 
it's not right to have this idea kind of as a as something that is just has to happen because the society said so you see where i'm taking this to like we need to have a choice and whilst this choice is supposedly here i'm not talking about just the marriage i'm talking about more of a global situation of any choice that we can face it's there's always stigma around any choice that we may pick now i understand that that topic is very extensive and it can probably take days if not weeks just exploring every single aspect of it so today i wanted to focus on very specific parts of what women face today and um, the societal expectations of how women should act today i would like to touch upon women's health and just the general knowledge of how um women process pain how women are usually dismissed by doctors um, even with continuous um, ongoing issues and as you may have guessed this would be about endometriosis yay Um, as well as very controversial topic is the concept of virginity that I have personally struggled with for years and only as an adult I was able to become very stern of in my beliefs and I would just I I just want to explore that as well so to start with um, I am currently 25 years old as most young girls do um i got my period around 12 years old and well this topic is is actually very on brand considering i'm currently struggling (laughs) with severe cramps and no painkillers or seem to help um but yeah um considering the amount of time that has passed since the beginning of my battle with endometriosis Um, It has been 13 years that I have been researching um, everything myself because there was zero um, help from doctors and um, I will get into that in a moment. Um, My mom has been really supportive about this, um, but I don't, I wouldn't say that the people had the general knowledge about it, which I believe everyone should. It's such a common illness, really. It's a debilitating illness. And it's so easily dismissed. And that is my problem with it. So growing up, um, I realized that my cycles just don't seem to fit the description of a normal um, cycle. (laughs) Um, My periods would be too long, too heavy, and extremely painful. Um... When I would go to the nurse at school, I would just get told, oh, you know, suck it up, you know, take a paracetamol, um, you'll be fine. Or here's a hot pack. Uh, Oh my God, you're such 
a whiny little girl, it's not that bad, um, you'll be fine. Meanwhile, I'm literally bleeding to fucking death. Like, <laughs> it's <laughs> that's a lot. And um, it's a lot in terms of pain for um, such a young body. Um, and also, like, it, it's a fucking shock. I mean, you've never experienced that pain, and now it's suddenly following you around every single month. And um, so I told my mom, and... Uh, we discussed it and that's when my gynecological journey began. <laughs> the first doctor that I've ever had, um, she basically told me, um, oh, you know, you just started your period, you know, this it can be a little frustrating at first. Um, the cycle will, though, um, eventually calm down and it will become regular and um, it won't be as bad. And I was like, okay, you know, it's the first thing that someone ever told me, so all right. So I loaded up on painkillers and I got on with my day, as any 12-year-old would do. <laughs> right. But, however, as years progressed and I kept coming back with the same issue and they couldn't physically find anything wrong with me, they started coming up with very strange theories. So for instance, as a um, 13, 14 year old girl, I would get told, oh, but once you lose your virginity, and as we already established, that would be my second um, issue with the <laughs> society and how it treats women in the medical world specifically. Um, yeah, once you lose your virginity, like it will magically get cured okay, uh, all right, what if I don't lose my virginity? <laughs> Let's start there. And they would get like so defensive over my own body. And like, what do you mean? You're going to find the right man. You're going to fall in love in like very aggressive manner. Being told that as a 14-year-old girl. <laughs> so the years go by and um, I'm still in debilitating pain every single month. And then they come up with new theories. Oh, um, you know, there, there's, that, there's still that on the table. You know, once you have sex for the first time, that will somehow cure it. But also once you give birth, that will also cure it. Because your cervix will expand. Yeah, right. You're telling me my cervix is too small. So you just told me there's a physical issue with my body but no 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 apparently there isn't apparently this magical thing happens every time that you give birth like all your illnesses just go away um there was actually a very similar issue when i had acne um and i was also told that pregnancy will solve all my problems it seems to be a very common concept for modern medicine considering how outdated that concept is so around um let's ju let's just skip forward to um 16 years old right no actually let's skip forward to 19 years old um i go to 101 gynecologist and um they give me the exact same answers that i've just told that i've just discussed that i've just mentioned <laughs> and i i i was I was a very stern and kind of straight to the point 
kind of teenager so um i was like okay let's start there for instance in theory i um am never having sex with men and i never give birth that's when that doctor's face just kind of just blew away like she was not physically or mentally there anymore um she was like what do you mean like she again she took like such personal offense in my own choice of what to do with my body and um also whenever i uh, would get asked when was the last time of um past intercourse um I, I, I mean, I, w- I would say that it's never happened and I'm here only from a pair of painful periods. Why are you... I mean, okay, I, I get it why you might ask me that, but um, still, that's... That's not why I'm here. <laughs> and my mom would just get suddenly sent out of the room randomly as if it's something that I'm not disclosing with her. Like, I'm very close with my mom. She knows every most of the things that are going on in, in my life. And um, for her to also be treated that way, um, just because they follow a very, very um, generalized, I guess, guidelines, it's it's not very personalized. That's all. And keep in mind, keep in mind that was all private healthcare. That's not public healthcare. So as you could tell, I was getting dismissed by the first um, ten years of my struggle with endometriosis and now I am 25 years old I keep thinking I'm 23 but in my head I guess I am but realistically physically I am 25 um, I recently got finally diagnosed with endometriosis it's now in my um, medical card and um, I can use it as an argument to um, get further research done, get for a f- a follow follow up checkups, and I wouldn't say that it will make my life easier, but it feels really good to feel acknowledged and understood. And it was done by the first doctor in my life that hasn't dismissed me, that hasn't told me, oh, you know. Um, you're just gonna give birth and everything's gonna magically float away um no oh you are just not used to the pain no your pain is unbearable we get it we can see it and we hear you um and i i can tell you for for those that are still struggling with endometriosis um i mean with underdiagnosed endometriosis and you feel like just no one is listening to you just keep finding a new doctor just keep changing them keep rotating them it doesn't matter you will find the one that will truly listen to you eventually um for me the first doctor it was the one that was uh meant to uh, remove my um endometrial polyp I'm, I'm i hope i pronounce it right and um he is it's a man surprisingly and he um, is a specialist in endometriosis and uh, he really listened to me and he was like of course you have endometriosis I mean all your symptoms point to it Um, another thing (laughs) is 
when I tell the doctors that um, I mean I don't I don't tell the doctor that I'm gay straight out the door you know hi I'm gay you can cross out everything that is related to pregnancy but I also believe there should be some sort of um, neutral cons questions to the patient before proceeding straight to is there any chance you're pregnant when was the last time you had sex it's very invasive and it's also very suggestive like once I was even asked um, straight to the point does it do, does it hurt when it goes in <laughs> like it's it's like a nervous laughter at this point because how 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 the fuck do you think I'm supposed to answer that and also thanks again for assuming anyway that I have penetrative sex you know um, anyway, uh, my doctors are aware of it now and everything's been settled, but that is a minor thing that bothers me as well. The automatic assumption of one's sexuality. The average um, diagnosis, the, the average time that it takes to diagnose endometriosis, it takes about eight years. Let that settle in. Um, I think it's about seven to eight years, which is a hell of a lot of amount of time. What the fuck are you supposed to do in those eight years? Are you just, do you just, oh yeah, sorry, I have dysmenorrhea, which is just a fancy word for saying painful periods. And you, you constantly get dismissed during that time. And if you don't have um, a leading doctor that um, takes care of all of your ongoing research and ongoing tests, you will have to explain your entire life story to a new random person that only has about five minutes for you, which is also very dismissive and annoying. <laughs> um, for me personally, it took 13 years to get diagnosed. I think I mentioned it before, but um, that's a lot. That's 13 years of my life. 13 years of my life that I had to struggle every single month or every other month depending on what I eat what is um, what is my lifestyle during that month because that greatly affects um, your cycle as well um, another idea for a topic <laughs> um, I have been struggling and nobody listened I was getting told that um, a man is gonna come save me. That a man is a man. <laughs> that a man is gonna place a baby in me, and then when I pop it out, it's gonna you know take away all of my problems. No. Again, I'm not like I'm not some sort of bottle that you can just push around and place things in it, and then somehow it's just gonna solve all the problems. No absolutely not and this is what i'm preaching <laughs> tonight about so many precious years of my life have been wasted on this pain and the dismissal from others when i could have probably taken um, some precautions measure precool precautionary measurements um against the spread of endometriosis and maybe paused it the spread of it. Unfortunately, the current treatment for endometriosis, um, at least in the NHS, 
um, is birth control. And I've tried birth control um, for specifically that reason, for regulating my cycle around, I think, when I was 19. Didn't do shit. (laughs) Um, I can't take... um, combined pill with estrogen because it gives me terrible headaches um, and when I just tried the progesterone um, it just simply took away my periods which was um, cool but also um, it really messed up my hormones and um, once I stopped taking it once I got off the pill my periods came back and they were the exact same level of pain so all we did was just take it away because the period simply wasn't there and I wasn't ovulating so my normal cycle was just not taking place which I don't believe is healthy Um, I've looked into a lot of other options like um, um, IUD and implant but again it's the same thing it's hormones and I'm currently researching what else is out there Um, be that you know herbal or I don't know witchcraft (laughs) to help me live my life pain-free so to summarize um, on this part of today's episode is that if you're a woman with a womb and you are experiencing symptoms of endometriosis I hear you and I I know the pain both physical and emotional just don't give up change your doctor if you're not happy with how you're being treated change the medical professional you have full right to do so do not feel ashamed do not feel ashamed when um, they're hurting you if if when they are examining you anything you feel uncomfortable with um, or even before the exam if just their way of speaking it just seems off to you you have every right to get up and leave and I've done that in the past and I will do it again because nothing comes before um, me myself and my health I think that is something that my 13 year old self um, really wanted to hear and it took me some time to reach that point of um, understanding So I would love to pass on that knowledge to any other girls, women struggling um, out there. And I hope this message reaches them. We can move on to the next part, which is virginity. (laughs) Spicy or the concept of virginity. What do I mean by that? Um, So the modern medicine describes virginity as someone that has never had sex before, um, which makes sense. Um, However, there is two parts to it. There is the physical interaction and the mental interaction. And also what counts as sex to each person that is a very different type of practice. And to while to some one practice might not be considered sex, to others it would. And that especially applies to queer couples out there. Let alone having to come out in front of your doctor every single time you see the doctor. um, Unless they've written in their book somewhere or or in your notes, which they barely ever glance at. Um, You just have to start from scratch. 
There is also the the concept that, like I've mentioned before, um, you are automatically assumed to be of straight sexuality. And that that can be very hard for someone to overcome and to um, do the the coming out again and again and again, every single time. But what this brings me to as well is, I'll give an example. I was in France and I was getting my pap smear done and um, the doctor, the gynecologist, um, she was asking me the usual, you know, the casual, usual questions. Um, uh, when was the last time you had sex? Um, did you use protection? Um, is there any chance you're pregnant? Which to the latter two I answered no and no. Um, and that's when because when you answer you don't use protection and there's no chance you're pregnant the, the second question the follow-up is um are you on birth control and i say no to that and that's when she got completely lost and she was like uh, what do you mean <laughs> um because i spoke to her in english bless her um and so i had to come out again and again and i said that oh i'm actually in a long-term relationship with my girlfriend and she was like i a lesbian <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> oui merci and um then she she didn't understand how am i here for a pap smear if in her head i've never had penetrative sex and that was really awkward because i was like oh okay um do you want me to like explain what exactly we do like step by step do you really want me to do that and so the invasive questions followed, which was, uh, ah, so uh, it goes in, uh, um, which I, I don't mean to offend the French speakers listening to me right now. If you are here, I'm just trying to set the mood <laughs> and how funny and awkward it sounded at the same time. Um, so after a few back and forth of me explaining um, what queer sex is and what is sex to me and what kind of practices I use, which I... I didn't feel entirely comfortable with, but also like I had a goal in mind. I needed to get a pap smear. <laughs> and I know that NHS only gives you, um, only lets you have them when you're 25 and older. Um, however, for the rest of the world, uh, which I think should also be the case in the UK, um, you can get it done at any point that you wish to do so. Well, now that we have that out the way, um, the, the whole <laughs> delve into the topic of my, one of my experiences with gynecologists and coming out of, in their, um, office whilst being in the stirrups. <laughs> um, I can come back to the initial, um, topic that, um, the concept of virginity to, as you could tell by most doctors that are perceived that um, you are a virgin unless you've had penetrative sex. To me, that is simply not the case. To me, having sex for the first time entails any practice that a person, two people are, two or more, <laughs> are comfortable with using and it doesn't necessarily need to be penetrative. It's just the, the act of doing that for the first time, that's all. I was discussing this with my flatmate the other day and um, growing up in a very um, Slavic household, um, it wasn't very restrictive, my household, but like I somehow still appropriated like the general societal stigma of um, sexuality and having sex for the first time. 
it was usually like me giving something away and the guy receiving it um like like i'm losing something and i since i was a rebellious child i reformed the idea of losing virginity and i called it gaining experience (laughs) slay (laughs) so that was my thing um but also i in a way i mean i think in a way i can say i rebelled against the 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 norm of um losing virginity to a guy or gaining experience as a woman um identifying as um but i was determined to um have my first time with a woman um we will not get into details um but that's that was my choice and that's what happened but i'm still thinking if i had done that simply because i am gay or was it me rebelling against the idea of losing my virginity to a guy like being so repulsed by it and not wanting to give away anything to men (laughs) like was it this or that regardless of what idea came first to my head um i'm still happy with my decision and i am very happy discussing this um with my friends and people that um may ask me um about my sexuality in a very polite and consensual manner of course because i'm not the only one questioning that most of the time and i think like first of all i think sexuality is a very fluid um thing and to define it by something so primitive i think is just not right and finally diving into the physical effect aspect of um losing virginity let's just stick to that <laughs> idea um that expression uh is that some people believe that a woman must bleed um when she has uh when she does it for the first time which simply is just not right it shouldn't hurt and it shouldn't bleed girls out there thinking that that is the case and that's the norm bleeding on your first time no it isn't Um, most gynecologists can tell you that is not normal and most people that have had sex and never bled will also tell you that that's not okay you're not meant to bleed I mean, it simply depends on how aroused you are and how, you know, other things. (laughs) Um, I think I need to get a sex educator on this podcast to properly dive into this, should this become a popular um, discussion, discussion on here. So again, society comes in and forces a woman to believe these things that she should do this she should do that she should feel this and she um should react that way and just leave the women alone (laughs) let them live it's been centuries that they weren't allowed to do that and i think in this episode we've discussed some of them um and i would love to get into it in more detail however i'm just conscious of the time and i think 
both of these topics deserve um, an episode of their own, uh, hopefully with someone invited here, and if not, then I am happy to carry on on my own, and I am gonna await uh, your feedback. Yeah. (laughs) So I will draw this podcast episode to an end, and I am very happy that you have reached the end with me and listened to my rambles, which I very enjoy doing. And I shall see you in the next episode.